Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. I'm Frank, and with me, as always, is my fire-breathing dragon friend, Tim. Oh, good one. I'm gonna. His name is Spike Frank, therefore I guess my name is Spike. Sure, we'll Frank. go with Spike. Spike Frank. And he is going to be talked about in Professor Comics Corner. Yeah, Frank. all right. Cannot wait for that. Looking forward to that, but... First, how are you? I'm doing well, Frank. How are you? I'm doing quite well. I'm doing quite well. It's almost Thanksgiving, right? I, I'm sorry, Pilgrim Day. I'm really excited <laughs> for for turkey and cranberry sauce and stuffing and mashed potatoes and all that good stuff. Cannot wait. That's good. Those are all the good things. I am also excited. Though I will say Thanksgiving is not my go-to holiday, Frank. Really? I don't know what. I don't know. I don't know why. Even the food itself, I'm like, this is all good food. Don't get me wrong. This is all delicious. It's just for whatever reason, not like, yeah, Thanksgiving food. I don't know why. I'm I sure. I love Thanksgiving. You know, it's not the one. If you ask me, like, what holiday you're looking forward to the most, like, it's it's obviously it's gonna be Christmas or something like that for me. But I love Thanksgiving, and partly because it like is the harbinger of Christmas. You know, once once Thanksgiving has come and gone, uh, it's. That's sort of when, you know, the, the next morning is when I start listening to all my Christmas music nonstop for a month. So, uh, and, and not to mention, it's good food, good people on Thanksgiving. I love the parade. I love watching, like, Miracle on 34th Street. I, I have a lot of Thanksgiving traditions, so. Oh, yeah, um, no kidding. So I do I do enjoy Thanksgiving. It's definitely, like, a top top three. Definitely a top three for me. Uh, yeah. I I mean that's 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 just that's fine for you. I um yeah. would you so are you saying that in the Danvers household this year you would say that this would have been a terrible Thanksgiving because it was like 3 seconds long? It was it, you know, I wish there was more of it, but I don't know about terrible. I mean I mean they've they've had I mean, worse. Oh yes, they definitely have had, they've had worse, worse haven't so. they? Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, Frank, maybe we should start talking about it, but not until we do some emails. I agree. Let's talk about some emails. Let's read some emails from our listeners who emailed us at uh, mail at supergirltvtalk.com because they're amazing like that. And mm-hmm. I love that about them. Um, we got uh, a few interesting notes this week about um, people were, were kind of divided on the James and Lena um, you know, division there uh, between the two of them where they were arguing over you know do we try to understand the children of liberty and educate them or do we give all humans superpowers (laughs) um and and there was some interesting conversation about that uh this one in particular comes from Stu from sue uh sue uh answered the question so i I put out a poll on twitter and 52 percent of people sided with james 48 percent sided with lena so that's that's a dead heat pretty much that's 52 48 that is real close um, Somebody sided with James. I'm just floored. 94 votes, that... and it was half and half. Wow. Nine, yeah. So um, so I, I thought Sue's answer was really interesting. She, uh, she had some thoughts on Twitter, and so I asked her to email us, and she did. And she said, uh, my answer was neither and both. 
Uh, James is right to seek the truth from an investigative journalist perspective. Um, and as guardian, he has the ability to connect with the children of Liberty and play a role to gain insight. I can respect his need to gain information and report with some neutrality. Okay. So far, so good, right? Mm-hmm. Um, he is wrong in his approach, which is to defy his boss, Lena. As we saw last season, if you push her to be a boss, she will be the boss. She saw that today, too. We saw that today, too. She's the consummate professional. If you give her those those rules to play by, she will move the chess pieces accordingly. Had she reacted any other way, it would not have supported her character development from last season, uh, where she basically tells Kara to get her crap together. So, yeah, this is all, <laughs> you know, this is all, all true. Also, James has to realize as the head of CATCO, he has a role to play in the community. And if he's seen rubbing elbows with Children of Liberty, his reputation as being unbiased uh, will fall into question and kind of put the whole magazine in question. So that's the James side. I, I think those are all really good points. Let's let's hear the Lena side and then and then you and I can talk about it. Okay. Lena is right to want to improve chances for humans through technology, as was mentioned by Alex. Technology has been a basis for enhancing humans throughout the series with wind suits and various inventions and his ID capabilities. When she says we won't give it to the wrong people, that's where she goes wrong. Who determines who the wrong people are? How is the technology forfeited if they stray from the path of righteousness? I think Lena would want to provide tech for James because of what she says when she tells him she protected him from the DA. She essentially said she would do anything to protect him because she loves him. Again, from season three, Lena tells Supergirl to quit whining about kryptonite because it's the one thing she's vulnerable to when humans uh, go out every day with multiple things that could kill them or endanger them. Her business has been to create and uh, uh, to create equitably for sorry equitability for aliens that's a hard word her her business has been to create equitability for aliens with her image inducer but still have a way for humans to know who and what they are dealing with with her alien detector so you know there's there's a bit of of right and wrong to be had on both sides whether those things are equal is is a different question you know is the rightness and the the wrongness on, on the two sides equal that that's that's not what we're asking um so much as like who 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 would you side with um uh, neither and both is exactly right here because to me because james um james could could risk uh making a false equivalency between you know a, t- a domestic terrorist group um and the people who oppose them and lena um runs the risk of putting this these superpowers into the wrong hands so what say you tim well I feel like neither and both is kind of a cop out. No offense, okay. classic Frank. Don't want to choose, so I'm going to pick both. I want to hear more. You know, I and I'm with you. I think that they both have valid points, right? You know, Magneto also had some valid points, <laughs> right? right. And that's where the false equivalency comes in, right? Because like just because he had valid mm-hmm. points doesn't mean you have to say, well, Magneto really was, you know, he was on to something there. Like, no, no, right? And, and so in that, if in that case. I'm going to side with James because I think Lena's opening up a can of worms. Actually, Lena's opening like a bag of worms. It's not even a can. Like <laughs> you can't can even contain the, it. No, you can see the problems before they even get <laughs> it's out. It's a transparent it's, bag. Why would you open it's a it? Transparent bag. Right. I know the worms are in there. Don't open the bag. <laughs> I know what the problem is. <laughs> oh, that's funny. And, and that's ba- and that's basically that's basically but she's cho- she's choosing to ignore that for the sake of science for protection because she loves James whatever the ca- whatever the case is she's she's very willing to to put all of that aside 
And I think James James's arguments have some flaws, but ultimately he is doing his job in the way that an investigative journalist in the world of comic books would do their job. Sure. Sure. So here's where I may. come down on this, if I may. Um, you may. I think ultimately, forced to choose, I do think I'm going to side with James on this for a very, very specific, very important reason. If He's James, also bald. Yeah, and I'm bald, so we got to stay together. No. If mm-hmm. James were showing signs of taking the Children of Liberty's side, of, of agreeing with them, that would be... That would be where he was obviously flat out wrong and we, and I could not support him. But if his if his intention is to try and win them over and make them see reason and, and see the light, because he clearly he clearly does not support their agenda. He clearly does not agree with Lockwood. He, no, his best his best friend is Superman. Right. Right. Like, right. He, which hasn't even been brought up yet. It's but true. It's like Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen here. He's not on their side, it's, and no. I don't think the show presents it in a way that he is thinking about being on their side. He's very clear. He's very clear, it, but I think people are upset because it's 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 legitimizing, you know, and, and a, a legitimate reporter going and meeting with this domestic terrorist group legitimizes them and makes them seem like, oh yeah, your your opinion is just as valid as mine. That that's where I think that's why people get upset, and I understand that. I just think that I, I do too. His, if his mm-hmm. is. Um, intention is to change their minds the way that he's doing it is a pretty smart way of trying to do it rather than you know blowing stuff up or whatever or, or just going out as guardian you know like the, the, right he he's almost doing the humanitarian approach yeah like i'm going to talk to you as people to figure out what the problem is so then we can peacefully to say you're still wrong yeah. but at least now peacefully we have talked about why that is you raised a great point that his best friend is superman that's what superman would do he wouldn't go right to punching he would go to like stop we need to talk about this right like classic superman mm-hmm. would be like what are you doing you know like like and and when the villain shows no sign of remorse or stopping that's when superman would then go to blows but before that he would be like let's talk about this you, you know you have to understand the people right exactly i mean even even from that kind of point like clark as an investigative journalist might actually do what james is doing i bet he would I bet he would. I, I, I he'd be in less danger, yeah, maybe, yeah. but probably not because you know they have dogs that are sniffing. You know <laughs> what I mean? Right. That are sniffing now, out aliens. Now, Devil's Advocate, you know, it's it's a different it's different when a reporter goes because he's working on a story versus the CEO of a of a media company. Um, that yes. that sends a different message. Uh, which I'm, uh, but but ultimately, I think I'm more on the side of James because I don't really trust Lena when it comes to. What she wants to do, not not necessarily even for for the reasons of I still kind of think she's going to be bad, but more so for the reasons of you don't know what hands your technology will fall into and what that could what tragedy that could set off. Oh, man. Do I have things to say about that in this episode, Mm -hmm. Frank? All right. So let's move on to another email. Let's move on. We've got one more. Uh, This one comes from David. Uh, David says, uh, David said a few things. Some of this I think you're going to cover in Professor Comics Corner, so I'm going to leave that stuff about uh, uh, about Spike. So let's let's save that. But uh, the piece I do want to talk about is Lena had mentioned giving regular humans powers because no one really has the power of an alien. I thought that they'd made references to the fact that metahumans exist on Earth 38. So what's with the continuity error? 
I think it's an excellent point that I, I don't know offhand that I have a response to that. Uh, because they have, I'm pretty sure they have made references to there being metahumans on Earth-38. And yet she talks about the idea well, of humans having powers like it's a novelty. Well, I mean, I think there are maybe a handful, but the ones that we've the ones that we've seen are villains yep. usually, right? Right. You know, something like Livewire or yeah. something along those lines. Yeah, Livewire is a, a great a example. You're right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a metahuman, but, that is meta, yeah. but, but also a villain. I can't recall any metahuman good guys. No. Like, I, 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 or just even regular people. They're, they all have some f- kind of alien ish um, origin to them or part of their, part of their character. So, Parasite. Okay, even even if metahumans do exist, generally speaking, even in let's say the world of Earth One, they all become heroes or villains generally, or get wrapped up in the hero or villain story. There's very little stories about like I'm just a regular person living my life. The end. So let and me see so if what, I understand your your argument then. So you're saying yes, um, metas may exist, but. They all either go crazy and turn evil or they, you know, feel uh, burdened with glorious purpose and become heroes. And mm-hmm. uh, there's no sort of Joe Bag of Donuts uh, metas out there. So Lena just wants to bring fire to the people. Yes. And I let's let's maybe save that chat about Lena completely for this episode because there's something there's stuff to unpack. There. OK, fair. Fair enough. So. So let's move on. Do you want to do that was a good bit first or do you want to do the themes first? Storytime Village. Let's um, let's do that was a good bit first because I have a, a good a good bit of good bits to cover. But I also want to thank our friends over patreon.com slash thought bubble audio uh, because they keep this show going and make it possible uh, with their 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 financial contributions. And we have been I've been really, really pleased. We've been growing almost every week. Um, on, on the Patreon community ever since uh, Supergirl Season 4 kicked off. And I'm really I'm really happy about that. I'm really pleased about that. So thank you, all of you, uh, for making it possible for us to, uh, to, to do this because it's, it's, it's because of all of you that we are able to put on this show every week and, and bring you um, our Cut for Time segments where we uh, bring you a piece of uh, conversation that doesn't get aired on any of our shows. Um, we get to bring you our Supergirl first reactions where we get to uh, have our, our our quick instant review of the show just minutes after it airs, usually like 15 or 20 minutes after it airs on the East Coast. Um, so we're bringing a lot of bonus content. We're really ramping it up. And uh, the response has been great. So thank you so much, everyone who supports us there. It's it's a It's a buck a month. It, that's like a quarter a show, twenty five cents a show. That seems worth it to you if you can. If you're the kind of person who wouldn't notice it uh, if they spent a quarter a week, uh, then then consider going on to Patreon.com/slash/ThoughtBubbleAudio uh, and just donating a dollar a month. Uh, you'll get all that that bonus content, uh, all of it for as little a buck a month, and uh, you'll be helping us to pay the bills and keep the shows going. So, thanks a lot. Uh, we will uh, we'll see you when we see you over on Patreon. Thanks. Well, so, well said, Frank. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. I so would say let, that was a pretty good bit. 
that was a good bit. Let's talk about this whole episode, which, of course, is a good bit in of itself. Supergirl Season 4, Episode 6, entitled Call to Action, first premiering on November 18th, 2018. Am I right? I'm right. You're right. Directed, I write, directed by Antonio Negret and... <laughs> I am Mrs. Neg. I just what it sounds like. <laughs> Written by Gabriel Lanas and uh, Daniel Beatty. And this episode is going to be good, Frank. Or oh, is yeah. it? We'll find out. Oh, it's going to be good. So that was a good bit. First off, Manchester Black kicking ass and taking names. So cool. I really, I really enjoyed that. Me I'm too. really enjoying Manchester Black. I, I am feel too. For the guy. I really mm-hmm. like his character. I really do. Wears the same shirt every day, but you know what? That's okay. I, I like to think he's got a closet full of them. Yeah. He also, I also noticed that it zips up in the back, and I'm like, how do you do that on your own? Put it's it, like a put zipper. It on it's forwards got a, it's got and then like put your sleeves in inside it and turn it around? I guess. Man, that's <laughs> complicated. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of work for a skin-tight t-shirt, Frank. <laughs> also, in that scene, I love... The the dog running away, the dog trained to sniff out aliens. Yeah, car is like dogs usually love me. I like, know that was that was one of my moments. That was just like a, a a kind of cute, sweet little you know moment of like sort of just humanity from her. Exactly. Really. Fun. What are what is what is one of your favorite moments besides that one? Um, I love when well on the on the flip side of that <laughs> when uh when uh Spike turned back into a little fella, uh, and she's like ah well. Dogs may not love me anymore, but dragons do. That's good. I liked that too. I loved that. Speaking of the spike, the spike fire. I loved the fire dragon breath versus Supergirl ice breath or so cool. breath or cold breath, whatever you want to call it. That was great. We've so seen great. her do that fight fire like that twice now in this season. Yeah, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That that was really cool. Um, yeah. I oh, you know, it was an interesting moment uh, towards the end of the episode. Um, Kara and Alex and John, remember they were eating like Thanksgiving leftovers. Mm-hmm. She wasn't wearing glasses. Kara wasn't wearing glasses at home as Kara. I didn't notice that. Yeah, she was. I was like, I can't think of another time where she was Kara. She was not in costume. Um, and she was wearing glasses. That was super rare. I mean, I guess she was sort of acting as Supergirl in that moment because she was just hanging out with Alex and John, but. Still, no glasses. And, you know, that was, I thought, kind of a significant moment. It was, I think, I, I would imagine, meant to tell us something. Um, so, so yeah, that was that was really cool. I liked that a lot. Um, I was very interested and intrigued by that. Um, but, yeah, I, that was, that was great. Oh, you know, it was a really, really great moment <laughs> when, when Brainy is fighting the Children of Liberty. In the street, yep, and the opera music yep. starts. I love that using that physics like, to fight. It was great. He doesn't throw one punch that whole time. Really, he has his hand. He has his hands behind his back. He just moves precisely when they're going to hit each other or the wall or something like that, and then he air walks up backwards because of the Legion ring because he can fly. Right. So oh, right, right. Uh, I got I got to watch that sequence again because that was so good. That was just beautifully done. I loved that. I mean, the music could not be more perfect. And the, like, sort of, you know, the fact that it, I always forget, diegetic, non-diegetic, I forget which one is which. Um, but I think non- Diegetic music is, not diegetic music is what can be heard in the scene. So non-diegetic music then, that, in this case, yep. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that is correct. 
I I love that they don't do that a whole lot on this show, and they don't like the fact that it was like it was like a Tarantino sequence or something. You know, it was it was just like the music didn't match the action and everything. It was just beautifully done, perfect. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was great. I loved it as well. Uh, I really liked that he didn't throw a punch. That was my favorite bit about that. Speaking mm-hmm. of Brainy, though, I love that he was secretly going to be working on the Liberty Manifesto. Yeah. I liked that a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's every week, man. They're giving me a little bit more. But speaking of that manifesto, I liked Colonel Haley's quote. Uh, quote she says, "I may not be the woman of steel, but if you push me, you'll find that I will not bend." Mm. Like, mm, great, that was a great line. And then followed up immediately by a Harry Potter reference, and they call her Professor Umbridge. Oh man, I mean, really? Which, which is a, which is a, to me a huge insult. That's like that's huge. That's a that's. She's so mean. I'm actually reading Order of the Phoenix right now. So when she said Professor Umbridge, I was like, ah! <laughs> she's the worst. She's the worst. And then, of course, they followed that up with, well, that's what I get for making Harry, a Harry Potter reference. Uh, great callbacks this episode. Great callbacks between that and the dog thing. Some really funny mm-hmm. top notch callbacks. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah. Do you have, a, do you have, do you have more? I got a few more. Uh, yeah, I love that Nia was like, oh, yeah, I have that thing where I fall asleep because I'm sleepy because I have a disease because I have a thing because what's it called? I have a disease, but I don't know what it's called. Please tell me. Somebody tell me. Narcolepsy? Yep, so, that's the one. We'll go with that. I have that thing. Mm-hmm. Indeed. I like that, too. I liked uh, Eliza making fun of Alex like you couldn't use real cranberries there. I know. Just like, <laughs> I love I that like, Eliza hey, was there. Period. Me, too. Yeah, me, too. And I... I I like the cranberry line, especially because I was like, hey, jelly cranberries are good, man. They are. I like the shape they make coming out of the can. Me too. It's like all bloopy and stuff. Yeah. Bloopy. Yeah. Bloopy. Hang on, bloopy. You know, you know exactly what I mean when I say bloopy. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's yep. why it's the best. The That's best. why it's a good word. Did you notice that Lena's outfit switched back and forth in this episode? When she's no. in the lab with Miss Tessmacher, she's in a white shirt and these like kind of bell bottom plaid gray pants. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I got to go talk to James in his office. And she's wearing this like orange and blue. She's wearing this orange and okay. blue top. And then when and then the next scene, she goes back to the lab and she's back in her white button down in gray pants. Huh. Was Eve in the same outfit both times? Eve was in the same outfit both times, huh. I believe. Yeah. I wonder if that was like a choice. Like. Originally, that was all going to be one sequence, and they decided to split it up or something. It definitely, and it would have had to have been. They right? must have moved. They must have, or they they moved where her conversation with James was going to be sure. in accordance yeah, yeah, with yeah. where they filmed. I wasn't sure the the exact kind of layout to that. Interesting. But yeah, because they kind of bookended the the scene with the Harunel and the heart. You know, so I, which I thought was a great effect yeah. all the way across. The lab was very cool. Really, credits cool. to the props department for that. Uh, for sure, the heart was definitely a practical effect, and it looked great. Mm-hmm. Now, what yeah, I want to know it, is where are these hearts coming from? Pigs, donors, cadavers, like medical cadavers, maybe. I don't know. Paper, snow, a, a ghost. ghost. <laughs> Halloween's over. Uh, <laughs> and I think my last bit. I really liked Kari using her infrared eyes to look for the A's. I enjoyed mm, that. Mm-hmm. That was cool. Mm-hmm. That was cool. That was that was very cool. My right, my last any... one I'm going to go with uh, is Nia waking up from her dream at her desk and immediately saying, ah, "Chocolate covered espresso beans." 
I thought there was going to be a callback to that. I hoped there would be. Uh, maybe but, it'll. I think it'll come later. May, oh, maybe. Okay, but either way, knee, you know, w- waking up from a dream, Neo waking up from a dream about where she was dreaming about chocolate-covered espresso beans is all of us. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! I can yes, relate. Co- I can relate. I, of that. course, dream about espresso beans, Frank. Of course, I do. Yeah. You know what I also dream about? What do you story dream time about? Vi- story time village. Hey, story time village. Let's go there. Woo, we're gonna go there. Choo choo! All aboard the story time village train. Mm. The story time express. Story time express. Here we go. Hey, by the way, uh, putting the call out there again. If you're a designer and uh, you want to design cover art for any of these sections, we'd love to have them. So mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Let's chat. We'll take Story Time Express along with Storytime Village. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, so Frank, I got I got three three kind of workable themes in here. Don't love them this week. Liked the episode a lot, but didn't love the themes I came okay. up with. Okay, because mostly I kind of I watched on my lunch break, and so I was you know not not totally not totally in the you know not in the zone, not in the zone. So. I found this theme, this this idea, you know, the episode itself is called Call to Action, and that's really one of the themes of the episode, you know, sure. because of the manifesto and this revolution, and there are two sides to every story, and blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. So we have that going on. And then mm-hmm. we have this, uh, we have this continuing thread from last week, this health and well-being theme that runs throughout with with Lena's project, and then some other stuff in there, we can we can talk about that. And then, of course, we have Thanksgiving, family, mm-hmm. the usual. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these things are permeate Supergirl as a whole, but they maybe were brought to the forefront mm-hmm. a little bit more this week. So that's what I discovered. So, Frank, let's go backwards to the first one that I just said. Let's do this call to action because it, we get this right away. You get the Twilight's Last Gleaming Manifesto. Yes. Which I'm not on their side, but that's a great title. It was. It's a pretty clever name. I got to give him that. It's a totally clever name. I love that it comes from the, that song that it comes from. J.K. comes from the national anthem. If you don't know that, <laughs> that like, song, that song. Frank, I have a cat on my shoulder. You do you look at him? that. Yeah, he's so happy to be here. Cat, you're going to talk about the Twilight Last Gleaming Manifesto with me, aren't you? Aren't you? I think he aren't is. Ya? He's a cutie. All right. So anyway, so James. Is gonna have, we talked about this already. James is gonna have this meeting, right? Yes. With this dude named with he has this with the meeting name with this dude named Tom, and and he's like he's just so happy to meet Guardian. He's like, oh man, you're inspired. You inspired me to stand up and you know you know revolt and have this call to action and blah blah blah. How do you feel about Tom? Not great, Bob. <laughs> great Bob not but, great Bob uh not, not great not, Bob not great not great Bob <laughs> not the biggest Tom fan but Tom does he does he kind of because it James almost makes Tom like his little pet project this episode because Tom's Tom's like I would call all these alien roaches and he's like hey that's bad don't do that. you don't you, yeah you don't use that in front of James Olsen right uh and then so and so but at the end he you know, he goes to stop him specifically to be mm. like, you don't want to do this. Maybe because, you know, he doesn't dress up as guardian to stop people mm. because that would have made a statement, James. If now, if ever is a time to to stand up as guardian and denounce these people and, to, you know, to, to make everybody happy, now's the time. Yeah, that's James. your moment right there. This is the moment and you, you ruined it. Blew it. Yep. 
But I mean, he doesn't really want to denounce him at that moment. So obviously, that's why he doesn't dress up. But yeah, you know. I it I, I agree with you uh, that I was disappointed he didn't he did not choose that moment to do that. I think that that was his moment. And I did. I think he kind of blew his chance. I mean, I, I'm sure. You know, the, there's a there's a lot of season ahead. Um, uh, so I'm sure that there will be other opportunities. But I feel like that was his moment that he should have stood up and said something, and it was a missed opportunity that he didn't. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, we'll see where, where that all turns out. And yeah. So let me see. Uh, what, one of the best episodes, one of the best scenes in the show, I thought for this, you know, this manifesto kind of deal is Kara on the talk show, right? Cause James is supposed to go on. Lena's like, I booked you on this talk show. And James is like, I really wish you had asked me, which she should have, you know, yes. Hey, yes. is your schedule free from 10 to 11? You know, that's an important question, just generally speaking, you know, not just, hey, you're doing this thing. Well, you know, I am running a corporation. Perhaps you should ask if I'm available, you know, during this time slot. But she, when Lena's got her eyes set on something, she's got them set. Am I right? She does. She right, knows what Frank? she wants. James is what she wants. She has her eye on him. Uh, and getting him to be on TV is also what she wants. And she's she was working mm-hmm. towards that. I, I think that both as his boss and as his girlfriend, uh, she owed it to him to uh, to give him a heads up. But she was also eyes on the prize and was like, well, if I tell him, he won't do it. So I'll just set it up. Then he has to do it because I'm his boss. That's true, though. She presents it, it. I mean, does she present it that way? That At the end, she a, did. I mean, at the end, but only because he forced her. He like he flexed. Basically, he right. He basically said like, you know, it's my job to be an investigative journalist. Blah 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 blah. And she's like, oh, if we're talking from the job level, right? Your right. boss is telling you to go do this thing, so go do it. And then he doesn't listen to her anyway. I uh, know, that's not great. Not great. That's not that's not great, Michael. That's not great, not Bob. Right. Nope. Mm-mm. So, I mean, that kind of fits into that revolution thing they're almost revolting against each other like Mm. in their in their relationship right you know like they're just they just can't agree on this thing it's like the honeymoon is over yeah and yeah now we don't agree and it just happens to be some like a huge thing they don't agree on Uh, but they kind of do at the same time they both agree that this is not a good thing they just don't agree in the the avenue to take right accomplish their goal yep and that's I right. mean, and he doesn't even really know everything that she's doing. Right. And and that's the other thing is that there's a lot of secrecy in this relationship um, that, I mean, mostly on her part, she's keeping most of the secrets. She kept the secret about the DA. She kept, she's keeping all the secrets about all the experiments that she's doing. Um, she didn't tell him he was going to be on TV until she, until it was like too late, basically. Um, she keeps a lot of secrets from him. And that's true. he well, was when she's hurt by that when he found out. Yes. Well, I mean, wouldn't you be? If, of course. You know, of course. You know, because, you know, he says at the end, it's so emotional. So he's like, you know, I'm fine. It's going to be fine. I did this. Hold on. I wrote it down, actually. Uh, I don't need you. I don't need you freaking out about everything in my life. Hmm. It was fine because uh, and then and then Lisa says it was fine because I made it fine. Yeah. You know, I gave information on Bruno Mannheim. I did this thing. It was me. I made it OK. And, you know, James is like. I'm not a child and I think that's really what it comes down to for him he, you know like although sometimes you may act like it James <laughs> a bit a bit At Some, times. but not really but he's like he, he's not he's not even like 25 like this is a man who you know he runs a corporation he's yeah. 
you know, he's arguably, he's good at his job. He knows how to do it. And she just, Lena doesn't trust people, period. And so even somebody that she claims to love, she does, you know, she doesn't trust him to make his own decisions. And, and that she's, she told him, she's like, I want to cross any line to keep you safe because I love you. And he's like, yeah, that's not that's not what love is. Mm. And Lena's like, but I want to know what love is. <laughs> I want you to show me Lena Luther. So I'm not I don't know. What do you think about all that? I think I think you're right. I think that she has a misguided sense of what love is. Right, she has this misguided. Well, sure. Look about. Look at her upbringing. Exactly. Look around her. Like that's all she has to compare to. Right, is just this sort of wrong-headed idea. But she, it comes from a good place. Like she, she means well. She doesn't mean to be doing badly. Um, she just. This is how she loves. This is how she knows to love to express mm-hmm. love. Um, so I think that she's wrong, but she's well-intentioned. Um, and, uh. He was so right was, to be upset. So was Mussolini, but I, Frank. But well, that no, no, I would not compare those things at all. No, 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 not quite. no. I went for a lesser one. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I did. Does make sense? Yes, I'm glad you didn't go for the big one. But no. Uh, <laughs> um. But yeah, I, 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 I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um. I, I think, I think that she. Ideally, I would like to see him come back. Like once he's cooled off from the the being hurt about being lied to and I hope he comes back and he's like hey I know you were trying to do the right thing this is not the right way to do it but I love you and I appreciate that you were trying to protect me but can we talk about how to respect the person we love right, right. can we can we both be adults about yeah. this and be talk about here? this as adults that would be great I do not want to see their relationship end over something no, like I don't this either. it just feels so trivial like you couldn't just communicate a little like just a tiny bit yeah and it, it definitely felt like they were I mean the way they left that conversation it felt like it was like a breakup was imminent so i hope that's not what happens right and then they're not thankful for each other at all frank one right. of my themes right exactly i think lena is so thankful for james in her own way like you know she's gonna something finally is good for her and she feels good and or she you know feels this is it and she's I feel for her in that way, you know, like she wants, she doesn't want to, she doesn't want to lose him, but you know, like sometimes by, you know, not letting, you can't let the person you're with be the thing you want them to be. You have to let them be their own person. Right. And so if you, if you're trying, she's basically, it's the oldest trick of the book. She's trying to change him basically. Like that's not, that's not who he is. You can't change a person. They are who they are. Right. And you either accept them for that or you don't. Right. They're the person that you fell in love with. Like, don't try to change them too much because then they're not the person that you loved anymore. Um, That's right. And you can't expect people to change because just because you want them to. Right. Then there's a difference between like, hey, don't leave your socks on the floor versus, you know, I'm fundamentally changing your values and the things that you believe in and how your brain works. That, that, That doesn't that doesn't fly. That's no good. I don't like that at all. Hey, think, speaking of how your brain works, Frank, uh, I liked 
point for point or talking points. Counterpoint. Whew. Mm-hmm. That was tough. I didn't know how to get yeah. there. Counterpoint, um, the TV show that James is supposed to go on, that Kara goes on for instead. Yeah. <laughs> Would have been a weird call to Counterpoint to be like, hey, the CEO of Catco is coming by or the publisher of Catco is coming by. Oh, JK, it's just a reporter instead. <laughs> Like it's such a, it's such a like a, not that we don't love Kara, but it's like it's such a step down from sure. where it was where it was before, um, and then Ben Lockwood and then Ben Lockwood is on too, and you know they have this, they have this discourse between the two of them, you know, and they say you know like di- Kara says there's a big difference between having something to say and hate speech, right? Because you can have an opinion, which is a, a very valid point. You can have an opinion. But where, but why, why, why turn that opinion into antagonistic hatred? You know, it's not even right. pass. It's not even passive hatred. It's just you know, like, oh, I don't like that. It's like deliberate. You know, it's deliberate meanness. I guess mm-hmm. for a, mm-hmm. a PG a PG way of saying it. You know, and Cara does, I think, a very noble job. You know, she comes back around to be like, look, this is Thanksgiving, man. You know, this is the time when we all gather together as one community to be like, hey, let's eat some food. You know, this idea of fellowship, you know, if everyone's welcome at the table and and everyone's like, yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point there, Miss Danvers, blah, blah, blah. And then Ben Lockwood just in his history teacher kind of way, he turns that right around on her. And he's like, hey, guess what? After that meal, after the Wampanoags were like, hey, pilgrims, come come eat some turkey, actually fish, you know, not actually turkey, whatever. And they were like, oh, we're just going to we'll kill you now with our disease and our guns, you know, and whatever else. His version is very. It's very over. It's overly simplistic. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's simplistic and it Ben Lockwood uses. See, the thing is, Ben Lockwood is using history as his defense. Right. Mm -hmm. Or even as his offense. It's not even his defense. It's his offense. But the thing about that is he's deliberately leaving out other bits of history, you know, because he does make a compelling point. If you don't know enough, you're like, you're right. We did slaughter like, you know, like white colonists did slaughter Native Americans. You're absolutely right. And and he is, but but also where are we now? In you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So that's not the point of Thanksgiving, is not even to be like, oh hey, we did these terrible thing things, and it's not to whitewash over it either. It's but it's to acknowledge that we're moving past that point. Mm-hmm. You know, like where we should be past that point Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. you know we should be grateful for what we have in like regardless of what happened thousands of years or thousands of years ago even well i guess in some ways but um hundreds of years ago you know we should be we should be grateful for what exists now through all the blood sweat and tears and everything else to get there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't know what do you think yeah i think that um I think this is a classic sort of example of somebody twisting history, twisting the facts to their own means um, and to what is convenient, leaving out the parts that are inconvenient um, to his narrative um, for sure. So, so yeah, it was interesting. To, you're right. It was, it was that history teacher um, in him that was coming out. What I got from this scene in general was how interesting it was to see 
these two adversaries meeting for the first time. And the first time that Supergirl is meeting this villain uh, for the season, it's not it's not a fist fight. It's not using powers. It's not violent. It's a debate. It's a televised debate um, on this cable news show. So interesting that the first time they meet is, is going to be under those circumstances. Mm. And then presumably the next time they meet will be under a very different set of circumstances where there will be physicality and there will be violence and there will be costumes. Um, so it's interesting that, that as Kara, she has to fight Ben Lockwood, but as Supergirl, she'll have to fight Agent Liberty. Um, and those fights will come in different forms. And, and they, they represent both the intellectual uh, argument that's being had as well as the physical fight of, you know, we want these aliens gone um, that Lockwood and his crew are, uh, are bandying about. So I, a very, very interesting, very symbolic of, of sort of the whole, the whole, the season as a whole. Mm-hmm. No, that's an excellent point. Do you think that will it'll come down to a not a, maybe in not a fist fight, but even a verbal debate between Agent Liberty and Supergirl? Because you know she's good at making the speeches, Frank. She is. In the end, like how will she win? Is that what you're asking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, this is tricky because this doesn't feel like something that you can just wrap up in a season. Like, oh, the xenophobia is gone, everyone. It's May. Everyone's happy right, again. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's not the kind of thing you can just decide to say, okay, well, that that's over now. We're good. Like, that that plot line's over. I, I don't see how they... They're going to need to, like... Lockwood can go away. Mercy and Otis can go away. You know, the Children of Liberty as an organization can go away. But the question will still be looming. But what about all those xenophobes who were out there, you know marching in the streets or, or supporting the children of liberty or whatever um and i think the best way they can handle that is have the bad guys go away for the season and then sort of keep making sort of passing references to it in the in the coming seasons you know yeah. or i mean there you could do the very almost like the clean wrap-up of like oh well the sons of or the agents of liberty you know turned themselves you know and they went against human you know something happened where they were going against humans and all these aliens came out to save people and they were you know and blah 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 and like, that oh, changed well, everyone's well, minds aliens aren't so bad after all Janice. sure you know like whatever the you know yeah yeah whatever, the sort whatever of it is trite like and everyone's minds were changed and every and they, they lived and happily the, ever after right and the grinch's heart grew three times that day right you know right right so it could you could do something like that but i would almost feel cheated it'd be a, a little cheesy i think you'd still need to like count on the fact that there'd be some people out there who were not convinced and and you know you'd probably need to like make some references to that even if it's just like tv headlines in the background in season five or something like that Mm -hmm. yeah i agree so is to go to go off of you know the xenophobia and hatred you know we we learned that the Liberty, the agents of liberty, those masks that they were wearing, very V for Vendetta of them, you know, the not so like the original mask, but, yeah. you know, close enough mask. And um, that they were basically spray painting giant scarlet A's across things. And I was like, wow, subtle scarlet letter reference. I know, right? right? That was really great because they were they were like noting this is the house of an alien somebody who has not done anything wrong but we hate them anyway 
you know, and we all think that, you know, like, or we as like agents of liberty believe that they have done something wrong just by existing. And so let's brand them, you know, let's mm-hmm. mark their home that it's, it was very, it was a nice scarlet letter. It was a nice, cause you could mark it with any color in any letter. Right. See, but they chose a red a, that was very specific of them. I didn't get that as a scarlet letter reference, even though it was a letter in scarlet and it was the same letter even. Um, I didn't get that reference because to me, I saw a historical reference to uh, what was happening in Nazi Germany uh, before the Holocaust with like writing, you know, uh, hate speech on the uh, the businesses and homes of Jewish people in Germany and 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 even like the breaking the windows, like the Kristallnacht uh, event, you know, like I, I, I got that as a uh, like an overtone. So I wonder you know, which was intentional or if either one of those was intentional or if it's a little bit of both, um, because they both make a lot of sense. Hmm. Wow, I like yours too. See, I did kind of think of that, you know, like there's a bit of like a, you know, the the yellow star and, you know, like there's like those kinds of things where you're getting to the point where it's getting to that point, you know, or yeah. say like the Marvel Universe with the X-Men, you put M's over people's faces to know that they're a mutant, yes. you know, like those kinds of those kinds of things. I don't know. I It could be, I mean, it could be any and all of them, but that's the, that's the beauty of, you know, literary theory frank you know you can you if you read into it whether it was intentional or not if that makes the story for you if that makes it better good on you mm-hmm. you know what i mean that's basically what it comes down to depending on who you talk to and who you read if that if if you like it more because of that doesn't matter sure because the subconscious is filled with stuff that you just know in the back of your brain so whether you're deliberately making that reference or not you probably are making that reference interesting yeah, yeah that's a good point yeah, if you're interested, interested in more, I do recommend the book How to Read Literature Like a Professor. Hmm. Um, it's a it's an excellent read. But if you're curious how Frank and I just have so many good ideas, puts finger in mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's something to look forward to. Hey, speaking of speaking of people, Frank, this is not a tra- this is not a segue at all. Alex has had this mini little story arc where she's doubted herself as a leader for these past couple of episodes, right? As the director of the DEO. And she has this confrontation with uh, with Colonel Haley over this past couple of episodes. It basically, you know, ignores the colonel's directions and orders and all that stuff. And Alex comes to believe herself she is a great leader. She says it directly to Colonel Haley. So I trust in my gut. And I want to keep trusting my gut because that's what good leaders do. And this is what makes me a good, this is what makes me a good leader. And, you know, she's so it's it was nice, you know, through the course of, you know, let's say five, six episodes to see Alex doubt herself as leader of the DEO and kind of come around to be like, you know what? I've made a lot of right calls over these past six episodes. And, you know, you can stuff it, Colonel Haley. Yeah. The end. Yeah. You know, shakes hands, eats sweet potato pie. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and she still saluted on her way out, just like her uh, superior officer asked her to. That's right. And I think Colonel Haley, she's, she likes her. I did enjoy that bit with Colonel Haley, actually, where she was like, blah, blah, blah. You guys suck. Blah, blah, blah. Also, there's sweet potato pie in the kitchen. I know. Myself, having, <laughs> you know, have yourself a good day. <laughs> you know, I really I like I, I don't agree with her, but I like her character. I think yeah. She's, I think she, um, she's interesting. Doesn't I, she doesn't necessarily feel super cardboardy like she does sometimes, but not totally. I, I don't know that I like is not the right word. I don't find her likable, but 
I appreciate her character, and I that's a, I that's a good think, way of putting it. I appreciate yeah. her character. She gives me kind of an Amanda Waller vibe. Um, yes, you know a similar a similar type of archetype. I like that she um, she she respected she respects Alex. She may not agree with her. She may think that she's rough around the edges and needs to learn, or she's not her her style of leader. But she does respect that Alex stuck to her guns at the end there like that you're right she clearly respected that and was like all right you know what that's what a leader does a leader you know stands by their a leader knows when to back off knows when to um knows when they're doing the right thing and when to stand up for themselves and their people and that's what she was doing here and i think that Haley was um cognizant of that and respected that mm-hmm. absolutely frank this this last little bit of this call to action is you know ben lockwood getting his own talk show based off of his based off of his appearance on counterpoint which i am super jazzed about Mm. because i don't agree with him but i've said it before but man that guy can talk yeah and like witwer can act so to see him to see him playing this guy who has a you know is like a uh extremist talk show host is literally really really uh, interesting right it's the other side of the of catco right it's the other side of the reporters it just like I'm I'm super jazzed. The season, Frank. I'm real. Every progressive episode, I'm like, yes, yes. I am so on board for what is happening. Totally. I mean, the the more the story, the whole season arc progresses, the more interested I am. I will say, I think this is probably on, on its own merit. This episode was probably my least favorite so far. Interesting. Um, on 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 its own, as as a as a part of the whole, as a as a part that progresses the whole. Great on par with everything else, but on on its own, I was like, eh, this was just less. There were there were less of the good bits. There were less of the. But when they were good, they were great. But it was just it was good. It was a good episode overall. I'm loving the direction of the season. And I could not be more excited. It's the best season of the show to date. Next time you next time you say that about this episode, I want you to think about brainy physics fighting, and then come back to me. Fair, <laughs> fair. That was a good one. And that that and Spike. And Spike. So let's talk about family and Thanksgiving. You know that classic Supergirl classic Supergirl theme because the Lockwood family is still together Frank we had this big question it was super awkward when there was four you know there's like a a table of four and dad's missing and you're like oh yeah dad's missing yeah remember Mm -hmm. you know it was just a nice way of the episode being like hey 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 remember to see this bird's eye view here you're gonna notice that there's an empty seat right just FYI at Thanksgiving they're totally clueless to Agent Liberty, have no idea. Nope. But they're super jazzed that Dad's Famous was on TV that one time and then another time, and now he's going to be on TV all the time. That was a nice little progression in the show, right? Because it's like the take, hey, you were interviewed on TV, and now you're going to be on Counterpoint, and now you have your own show. It mm-hmm. was this nice little step up, 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 and up. I liked Jean reaching out to Manchester Black for Thanksgiving, and I liked I liked Manchester being like, I am my favorite Martian. But I know how I never made that reference before. I don't know how the show's never made that I reference know. before. I said, I bet you get years. that all the time. And I was like, no, we don't get it all the time. I know. I think I think somebody made it once. I want to say like really? Wynn said it once or twice, something like yeah. that. But it is not. Sounds it right. Is not, it is not a regular joke. So we already talked about the Lena James relationship woes and stuff. We get a nice little subtle like Miss Tessmacher being like, I don't really like my family. I don't have to go home. It's okay. You know, like, oh, poor Miss Tessmacher. And That's actually sad. we get a little another s- subtle dig at Brainy's mother. Who, you know, he brings flowers to Thanksgiving 
and he's like, I love they're not real. <laughs> Walk inside. <laughs> like, oh, okay. Right. Okay. But Nianala's like, you know, like, oh, your mother raised you right. And Brainy says she most definitely did not raise me, like, me right. Mm-hmm. You know, like, that's, little, that's little telling. I want to know more about that. But also, he comes from the Brainiac family. Right. So I think we know why his mother didn't raise Fair. him right. I actually didn't think about that. That's very true. Yeah. Yeah, I think we know where he comes from. Yeah. Or what are mothers on Kalu? Like, are what, they birthing what matrices? I don't know. I don't know. It's so interesting. I want to know more. Um, we already talked about Lena and James, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and then I, just Ben Lockwood's prayer before the meal, his Thanksgiving thankfulness thing. Mm-hmm. It was a nice, that was a nice intercut with everything that was happening. Yeah, was, that was well done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Not a lot going on there besides what I mentioned, unless you have anything else. It was like a lot of passing stuff, but nothing that really built upon itself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think you kind of captured it there with Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so last theme, this idea of, you know, health and wellness and making things super and all that stuff. So we learned right at the beginning of the episode that Lena is trying, and Miss Tessmacher, Eve, are trying to use the Haranel to cure cancer. It's a very noble cause, you mm-hmm. know, you know, and, you know, and Lena is getting upset that it's not working. You know, the person who plays the long game, this person who's like good at patience and stuff like that, she's not so good with the patience when it comes to the Haranel. Not, not with this, no. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, Nia and her narcolepsy, we've already talked about a bit, but that's a, that falls under this this category here. Yep. But anyway, we learned that the Haranel, the thought, you know, they're about to burn the heart because the tumors are growing and blah, blah, blah. And they burn it, and and it's invincible. It is invincible. That's it's an invincible gold. iron heart. That is my golden eye reference for the day, and that is your Marvel Comics reference for the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, good, good job. Did I say golden heart? I meant golden eye. Um, did you just do You Know My Name? Yeah. I think you just, yeah, golden eye is Pierce Brosnan. I'm aware. Okay, you're just mixing James Bond themes yeah. now. Okay, great. One, that one just came to my mind. Okay, right on. Oh, good song. I miss Chris Cornell. Oh, R.I.P. Was that his name, Chris Cornell? Yes, it was. Yeah, okay, great. All right, so, so I like... Okay, so hear me out here. So Nia prepares Kara for her interview, right? For she pep talks, like she gives her a pep talk. You know, oh, you got highlights, you look good, you know, you're confident and all this. She touches her while Mm. doing it. And she stares directly into her face. Part of Dreamer's powers, question mark? You know, because she says, I'm really good at this. You know, and is that just, is she really good at it, generally speaking? Or this is part of her, like, this is just part of who she is. This is part of her powers to like pet people up or calm them down or like influence them, just maybe influence them in some way. What do you think? I didn't bother to look up Dreamer's powers, to be honest. So so I have been getting the sense that her powers, so obviously have to do with dreams. Um, obviously it, it, it puts her to sleep somehow. Um, and obviously she like either her dreams can manifest themselves or she is able to i mean she's she's clearly able to sort of see the future in some way through like she can she has dreams of the future right so i i think that our listeners who wrote in and said you know she was sleeping and then she went and defended brainy um in that 
that pizza place, uh, or was it a coffee shop? No, pizza. Um, I think that they were right that she was she she had like a, a precognition, you know, of, of that event. I think that the maybe the like chocolate covered espresso beans will pop up at some point in the season and we'll we'll see that that was a reference to i think that's probably what what what's happening here is that she can see the future in her dreams right well that she's a precog right that's mm-hmm. she's a pre she has precognitive abilities so neuronal who she's kind of based on right mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know so um is considered one of the most powerful precognitives on the planet Right. So she's like super powerful. And so you combine that if she has fighting skills, she can it's basically brainy. Right. You know, playing Mm -hmm. off of physics like she can see the she can see the hits coming before they happen. Right. So she could be like really speaking an excellent fighter if she like goes beyond just the dreaming, but just like the looking a few seconds into the future kind of thing which is really cool, but her wiki page says that she is a highly charismatic, capable of convincing men and women to do what she wants and guided the Legion as a leader through Darkseid's Awakening. So she herself, the character, is written as, like in comics, written as a highly charismatic, I can get anybody to basically do whatever I want because I'm so charismatic. And I think Mm. they're using that as part of, maybe not her powers, but definitely as part of her character. Interesting. Yeah. I, I can see that. I'm super pumped about her she did a nice little interview that i want to talk about in i want to talk about in spoilers later don't don't mm. let me for, don't let me forget okay right on i won't I, I actually have something for spoilers too um something from melissa benoist that is very spoilery and and very very juicy that i would love to talk about with you afterwards oh i don't know what you're talking about and i have other things to talk about as well right. so we're our spoiler section is gonna be good frank let's get to the spoilers quickly let's get to it so, yeah so um Tom feels inferior because of aliens with powers, blah, 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 not feeling himself. Eliza says humans can't get powers. They're genetically incapable. And Lena says, okay, so we're going to get into the Lena stuff we we put on hold. So she says she wants to level the playing field because if everyone has superpowers, then this kind of like hate or feeling inferior or anything like doesn't matter. But boy, that boils down to give everybody a gun. There's no gun violence. That's basically mm. what Lena's saying. Give everybody superpowers. There's no superpowered violence or hatred. That's not how it works. That's not mm. how the force works, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just, I, her argument doesn't make sense. You know, and it doesn't make sense to the group either without even knowing what she's doing. Because mm. she says, well, no bad guys will get them. And they're like, well, who decides who's bad or not? Right. And who decides who gets them and who not? That's just playing God. And, and she's like, well, I mean, I am a Luther. She doesn't say that, but, you know, that's yeah. the... That's the those are That's Luther, the undertone. Those are kind of Luther traits. Sure. You know, and then, you know, she decides to move forward with the project at the end of the episode. She's like, bam, human subject. Let's get this done. Right. You know, let's do it. And I just it's just not going to end well. She never read Frankenstein, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> she never yeah. read Frankenstein. That is I uh, can't argue with that. You're right about that. She clearly didn't. Nope. Never read it. Clearly. Nope. Or anything even remotely related to a story like that. It's just going to end so poorly. It's going to end so poorly. And I have yeah. theories, Frank, that I'm also going to talk about in the past spoil in, in the next spoiler section. Cool. I have, th- I have theories about this. So I don't know. what Do you do you stand with Lena on this or do you stand with literally everybody else in the episode? Literally everybody else. 
Yeah. Except for Miss no. Tessmacher. Miss Tessmacher. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I can't uh I can't really stand with Lena on that because I just don't trust her. Like I said earlier, I don't trust her to, to to choose wisely on that. Even with the best of intentions, I don't think she is capable. I don't think anyone can really be capable of that. So no, I don't I don't think that's uh don't think that's gonna work. No, I don't think so either. Speaking of Miss Tess Mocker, uh, you reminded me this is kind of, this is not Supergirl related, sort of. So it is the 40th anniversary of Superman the movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it in December, December 13th, I think was its release date, something like that. And so on November 27th, and then I think one day in December, the national event, Fathom Events, you know, uses different movie theater spaces and they're putting Superman the movie in theaters. Mm-hmm. But that's where Miss Tessmacher comes from, Frank. So if people right. want to see, you know, what the show basically references and where it gets its tone from almost like every week, you yeah. know, plus, you know, the character of Miss Tessmacher should probably check out Superman the movie on the big screen. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, we, I'm going to put a link no, to we, that we, in we, the show notes. That's good. We get no money from this, Frank. This oh, is no. just this is a free pitch. That's all this is. I'm just letting the people know. Yeah. No, they. I think that it, anybody uh, who's a fan of, you know, Superman stuff in general owes themselves to, to check this out. Um, I agree. Because I know I am. I agree. So, Frank, I want to get on to Professor Comics Corner, unless you have anything else to say about the episode at large. No, I'm, I'm good. Let's do it. Let's get into Professor Comics Corner. Okay, man. Professor Comics Corner is going to have, I'm going to have two non-spoilery things and then something that i think it might get spoilery for the episode so i will pre i will give everybody that warning but if they want to if they if they want to turn off uh after that i suggest that we say we do our final goodbyes now and then kind of roll in from here what do you think frank sounds good to me let's do it uh right. thanks so much for listening uh if you don't want to hear the spoilery stuff that lies ahead we are at supergirltvtalk.com that's where the show notes are for this and every episode that's where all the details and all the places you can find us and subscribe and listen and all that fun stuff is all there. So SupergirlTVTalk.com, mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Uh, if you have thoughts on the episodes, if you have thoughts or corrections on anything we say or if we, we spark any theories for you, um, if you want to share your artistic talent and you want to make some uh, maybe some art cards for our, our different segments, I uh, would love to hear from you there. Mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com as well and patreon.com slash thought bubble audio for as little as a quarter per episode you know buck a month uh you can kick us uh, a little bit of cash and um, help keep this train rolling at tv supergirl on twitter supergirl tv talk on instagram those them's all the places that's 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 it thoughtbubbleaudio.com i hear that train rolling it's rolling round the bend and I ain't seen Professor Comics Corner since when. All right, anyway. <laughs> Professor Comics Corner, a really short one. First off, I, for the love of God, thought that Counterpoint was a reference to something in the D- in the DC universe. Hmm. And I thought it was one of the talk shows used in The Dark Knight Returns, Frank Miller's Batman The Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. It turns out that's point to point. And it was oh, so okay. stupidly close. I'm almost mad at the show for not using point to point because I went through the like I, I spent like 10 minutes pouring over the Dark Knight Returns trying to find one panel that was like counterpoint. And I was so close. Was so, close. so I'm going to count it anyway. OK, <laughs> okay sure. Okay. We'll let that slide. Thank you. I want to talk about Spike the, the Alien Dragon. 
Mm. Okay, so do you Spike, know... Spike, the alien dragon lived by the sea. Thank right? you. That's yeah. how it goes? Excellent. Ex- except that they didn't because... What? Except that National City is a desert. What? Except that it's not. Except what? that it's Vancouver. <laughs> so, Frank, do you know what Spike, the alien dragon, is a reference to? I'm really hoping. I actually tweeted at the Supergirl writer's room to confirm. I was like, oh, I, I need to know if I'm right here. Because if I'm reading into this, it's it's a way too much of a coincidence. It is not a comic reference, Frank. It's a film reference. I think. Film and, reference. And I don't think you would know this because you've only seen the first one because I made you watch it. I think it's a reference to Alien 3. Oh, okay. Okay. Tell me because, more. So there is, a, there is a xenomorph, you know, one of the aliens, and it, it, the basically the alien in Aliens, they, they call the dragon, okay? Mm. And, mm. and the host for, quote unquote, the xenomorph, the dragon, it was born from the dog, Spike. Wow. That, right? if, if if that's actually what they were referencing, that's a pretty deep cut, I feel like. I know. So, like, that alien that's, like, it basically massacres a prison colony planet. That's the okay. kind of the, that's kind of what it starts on. Uh, and, and you know, so you have this whole thing with Car at the beginning, like, I thought dogs love me. And then at the end, and then, you like, you have this pet, which is called Spike, which turns into a dragon. Hmm. And then you have Spike the dog, which gives birth to the xenomorph that is dubbed the dragon Hmm. and i just it was just if it's a coincidence that's cool but like it it just there's too much that it just like it feels like it it just feels like it connects somehow where someone was like i was watching alien 3 and i was i just called it that you know either gabriel or uh who wrote this episode so it was either it was either Gabriel or Daniel was like, I was watching it. I was watching Alien 3 while writing. And I was like, this this is fine. This is good enough. Like, I'm so clever. Ha ha ha. You know? <laughs> well done, me. Right. Exactly. And so I don't know if it's true or not. I hope it is. But yeah. there you go. Really Spike, cool. Spike the that, Alien Dragon. That's one of those things that I don't know whether that's... Is that, is that something like pretty well known among among fans of the franchise? Or or is that sort of yes. A, even... Yes, a, if, if you've seen the movie, like you know the dog's name is Spike. And okay. you know that the xenomorph is called the dragon okay. or the beast. And has, okay. you know, like all this stuff. So, so then maybe so. it's not as deep cut as I thought. Maybe maybe it is a reference. I don't know. I just don't know. But I, okay. it got me excited because there was one of the like outside of comics references that i was like oh this could be something that was just for fun for anybody that noticed i'm not really sure so again though as i said before whether it's whether it's on purpose or not if you enjoy it and you find it it's all good frank Mm -hmm. that's That's right that's what we do here so frank i want to talk about this is where it gets spoilery so i'm going to say spoilers in five four three two yes brunette is my natural hair color anyway (laughs) so um, I want to talk about Lena's project, which I think is a com- it's it's a comics reference that you're going oh. to love. I think you're okay. going to love it, Frank. Do you remember the Everyman project from the weekly series Fifty Two? I do remember the Everyman project. So the Everyman project was initiated by Lex Luthor in yeah. the weekly series Fifty Two. Yeah, you know, uh, it was it was it started in the third issue and it ran through most of the most of the of the story. And the whole conceit was Lex wanted to provide superpowers to non meta humans. Yep. 
you know, to basically do what Lean is doing, to level the playing, the playing field. And he creates his own super team called Infinity Inc. And, you know, and John Henry Irons was a part of it. St- you know, the, the superhero character Steel. Yep. One of the four Supermen that appears after the death of Superman. And but that project gave John Henry Irons his own powers without his consent. Like he was forced to get them in the story. And so um, and then as the story goes on, you find out it's all a ploy. It's just like Lex is using all these people as test subjects to determine if he himself can get superpowers and he keeps being told that he's not genetically capable, like he doesn't mm-hmm. match the program. And it turns out that was all a lie. So he retaliates by um, by um, deactivating the superpowers of all these different people who have been giving the power of flight on New Year's Eve. And remember, they all fall to their deaths in the middle of the city. Yes. And I'm yes. like, oh, my God, I want to see that on a show not in real life i want to see that like how like to build to that moment right lex is coming on the show and like all that like to build to that like be i don't know that it could get pretty wild but i wonder lena says i'm going to do anything to keep you safe james right i will do i will cross any line to keep you safe I bet she's going to sneak superpowers into his system once she figures this out. She's going to John Henry Irons him and give him powers to keep him safe. I love that theory. I love that theory. That is great. And I would love to watch that storyline. That's awesome. I I hope I, I surely, I surely, surely hope it's true i hope so i hope it's true that's really really cool that is a really good pull on the everman project going back to 52 um i'll throw that in the show notes for anybody who's interested in reading more about that because that is that is a really good you know, a reach back into the archives of our of our comic reading lives and mm-hmm. uh that was a really compelling story and it could be done really well in this show Absolutely, because it, it doesn't new the fifty two series, you know, the weekly series from the mid early two thousands, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. was dependent on Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman not being present. Right? There. It was. Right. It was. They were not around for that year for those fifty two weeks. So you can use you can even use a lot of those characters that are popped up because most of them are basically free. They're basically free reign now. You could have. John Henry Irons or Natasha Irons, you know, his niece show up, right? You know, like, why haven't we had Natasha Irons yet? Like, yeah, you know, that's that's a great character to, awesome to throw character. out to throw at us. So, um, though, arguably would also fit really well on Black Lightning. I would like to see that truth know, for some different characters truth. in there. So anyway, so that is Professor Comics Corner for this week, Frank. I have nothing else for Mr. Comics Corner, so do you want to go on to the... Tra- let's go on to the trailer, and then we'll do would, spoilers? Let's go on to the trailer and do some more spoilers, yeah. Um, I want to... Uh, I, I just sent you a clip that I want you to to check out here. We'll, we'll share it with the audience here. But let's let's uh, let's talk about the... the uh, you know, let's let's roll on into this, because this is a good a good um, uh, segue from what you were just talking about. So let's let's take a listen to this audio right here. What's so fun about exploring a Luther and a super relationship is the slow burn of it and I love that we're sort of telling in the way that Lex and uh, Lex Luthor and Clark Kent were friends before they were enemies I love that we're telling that story too 
So I, I would expect that it'll be a really slow burn, that, that uh, kind of uh, realization reveal. So, I mean, it came out of her mouth that that's the story they're telling here, too, and that it, that's going to be the slow burn of the revelation of a reveal. Actually, it's funny because on her face, she says it like that's the slow burn. And she makes that like, oh, I'm like, mad at myself. Let's we'll say that. And then yep. even with, as she's trying to end the quote, like that, the uh, the revelation, the reveal, the, the yeah, we'll go with that. Um, so I think she realized that she slipped up now. What you were just saying about the Everman project makes me wonder if that's one of the things that sets Lena over the edge or, or you know, makes her a pariah or makes her start to turn down that path um is is when those or maybe that's the what drives a wedge between her and Kara mm. if that were to happen obviously that's a theory that you you proposed but that could be one way that happens i mean that's that's very it's i mean i think that's more than likely i think at this point yeah. you know is that if this is uh if this is the direction that the show is going i mean she's basically said that's true she said it's a slow burn it might not even be this season it absolutely it could take years it could take years and that's fine i mean smallville took eight of those years or something like that or More seven or of those years to basically get to that point where they were like really enemies you know so i i will miss lena being friends with that group but at the same but at the same time we haven't seen a lot of her really be friendly with that group this season, right? You know, mm, we've seen it true. a couple of times, but like she almost feels remote, like especially this Thanksgiving episode, you know, the way that she like presents her ideas and the whole group's like, <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> right. You know, she's just like, get, they're like deliberately getting her to the point where she doesn't fit in, any, fit in anymore. So when you then say like oh she's going to turn to the dark side or whatever the other side you are not as so sorry to see that happen because you've uh, seen see. her you've seen it chipped away already it's not a complete like oh no we didn't see it coming kind of kind of deal right they're not it, well it's a slow burn right it's not they're not r- ripping the band-aid off they're letting it slowly slowly start to come off the fire the rises. exactly yeah <laughs> the fire rises exactly um, very good yeah so it's good. Let's move on to the trailer. Not, yes, not tons happen. You see Supergirl get captured, you know, uh, by Agents of Liberty, and she gets trapped, so she can't do anything. And then James gets coerced into, you know, for Liberty, quote unquote, blowing up this thing that Kara is probably in. Yeah, yes, most yeah, likely. okay, most likely. And so this is basically the the sticky situation that James is in is exactly what everyone war- especially Lena warned him about so like as we say like oh no we're on James side well Lena was probably right yeah you know like it, it, the way that she got there is classic Lena the way that she got there isn't great but you were right yeah you know so yep. so we'll see we shall we'll see, see on that chances are supergirl's not going to die that's my bet frank i'm going to say you're i'm, I'm going to take that yeah yeah you're probably right Probably right. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's move on to let's move on to some uh, spoilers, shall we? Yes, some, sir. Bi- some big old spoilers. First, I, I so I don't forget the Neonal thing. So she did an interview 
about, you know, like, oh, are you excited to be a superhero? And she's like, yeah, I'm going to have a costume and it's great and I've had a fitting for it and all of this stuff. And you're like, hey, costume this season, you say. Mm. Not even like in the future seasons, perhaps. You're like really getting there and I'm very excited. So that's cool. That's very yeah. cool. That's really cool. And uh, I I wasn't sure whether to expect that this season. If she's already getting fitted for it, and they're mm-hmm. working on like episode 10, 11, 10, 11. Right. The um, crossover's nine that just finished. So that was like, so they're probably on like the middle, like end of 10, moving on to 11, somewhere like that. Yeah. So I'm really, I'm really, really fascinated by that. If she's getting fitted for it now, that means maybe like closer to like, you know, mid, later mid season might be when we would see her debut that. I would say that's that's about accurate. Around like 14, 15, 16, around there? I think there's going to be a mid-season reveal that she has powers, let's say. Do you think that might be like the cliffhanger, mid-season cliffhanger? Maybe not the the biggest cliffhanger, but I think it'll be one of the... Part of, of, part of the mid-season of finale. I think so, and yeah. then we'll it'll evolve her. It'll evolve from there, I think. I think you're right. I think you're definitely right. Yeah, I think that would be sort of like the latter half of that episode. We... we get a tease of some kind um and uh yeah i i I think that's likely to be what what goes on there so i yes so that's all that's all nice well and revealed Mm -hmm. speaking of revealed though there have as of you know us recording this you know as of today they released about 20 episode uh 20 uh pictures of the cross elseworlds crossover mm-hmm. coming up and so and they're broken up by episode so you can actually see what what's coming along in each episode which is pretty cool so yep. um so like let's say John Wesley ships the flash is in the first episode that's so cool right off the bat that's it's like it's going there right mm-hmm. off the bat the Kent farm first episode right off the bat um the second night is the monitor right that's the second night batwoman is the second night is the you know and it's just you know so we kind of know how everything's starting to get split up we know that uh james mustached james is coming into um is coming into uh the third episode Mm -hmm. you know we get some we get some characters that we didn't actually know were going to pop up, right? Cisco from The Flash is going to be in the third episode and James I wonder I wonder if James has a mustache in every Earth except for Earth 38. Oh, interesting. What do you think? It's just uh, like that's just like his that's that's how you can tell the difference. <laughs> the, the rest of them all have mustaches. No, I think that he's they that I think that the non-mustache look is probably the, the default. That just that just seems like the more CW verse, Arrowverse way to to play that to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now here's my my last bit in this because all these photos were released from Entertainment Entertainment Weekly, mm-hmm. but but um, showrunner Mark Guggenheim has something to say about why we've never seen Batman in the Arrowverse. Are you ready for this? Did you see this, Frank? No, I didn't. Please okay. share. So it says, why we've never seen Batman. So first we get a little bit about Gotham. And he says, it's a dead city. The way I sort of described it to Stephen Amell is, 
there is but for the grace of God goes Star City. Hmm. As in, hmm. you'd be lucky to live in Star City compared to Gotham. That's how that's how terrible it is there. Right, that's and why that's the, what, where, what Star City could turn into if it wasn't for... Mm-hmm. Hmm. It says, it's the worst case scenario. The reason no one talks about Gotham is the city might as well be dead. It's a pra- it's practically a ghost town. Hmm. Uh, blah, blah, blah. So Caroline Dries, a writer who consulted on the crossover, calls it grim, scare, uh, grim and scary city. Caroline Dries wrote for Smallville, too. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. well, there you go. So they say, continue to say, our approach is, what does Gotham look like after Batman has been gone for three years? Hmm. So Batman has existed in this world for, like, for however many years, and he's been missing for three. And so we're on season seven of, so he disappeared somewhere around season five of Arrow. Okay. Somewhere in there. Right, or season four, maybe season four, five, there, somewhere in there, and has not been seen. So it says, what? So if you have the law and order protector and hope gone, what happens as a result? Some people are thriving in his absence because now they can start to do their own thing without the oversight. Hmm. A lot of people are suffering and they're losing hope, and the city itself and infrastructure is falling apart. So it's not a happy place. Our guys walk into a grimy, a grimy, scary Gotham. Wow. So very interesting. But um, Ruby Rose has something to say about how Batwoman feels about all this. She says, Kate does not want to deal with this, Rose said. She has a whole other agenda, a whole other life that she's trying to sort out right now. And these friggin' superheroes come in and and they're a mess and they need her help. So this is a very very interesting take. I I honestly don't like that Batman exists in this universe. I, I... like oh let's just make batman go away for a while that's what batman does he fights crime and then when he gets close to television they're like oh he's disappeared we don't know where he's been you know like i'm tired of that it's just easier if he if he's not real it's just Hmm. easier if he doesn't exist right you're right it's just it's just yeah i Uh, i'm not i'm not a fan because it's just always like a a dangling thread yeah you know and i'm I'm more excited about Batwoman being on the show than seeing Batman than ever the possibility of seeing Batman. I would rather give Batwoman validity, more validity by saying there is no Batman. It's uh-huh. just Batwoman. I mean, you know, but we have Supergirl and Superman. Like what's that doesn't take away validity from Supergirl. No, you're right, it doesn't. And I'm very excited when they both show and they, when they both show up, but I don't know. It feels like a He's disappeared. We don't know where he is because, like, maybe one day we'll actually get to use him, and yeah. so we don't want to say he's not real. So we're just and that's gonna... what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what it is. That's the reality of it. Very interesting, though. Very, very interesting. Yeah. I hadn't heard a lot of that news. That's that's really really cool. Well, I am happy to provide mm-hmm. it for you, Frank. But I think that's it from all of us. Do you have anything else to add? I think that's it for tonight. All right, cool. Well, then, until next time, up, up, and away.